0: and welcome to Megaten Marathon. It's a game-by-game game journey through the Shin Megami Tensei and Persona games. This is the 30th episode, which, uh, I don't know, feels like some kind of uh, milestone. So, uh, yeah, here we are. We are in the second part of uh, Double Summoner. <laughs> Uh, let's get it. Let's get the entire title in here, right? Uh Shimagami Tensei, Tensei, Double Seminar, Raidu Kuzunoha versus The Soulless Army. Um, and, uh, yeah, who am I here with? Uh, I'm Alex Dorada-Wolf.
1: And I'm Elisa James.
0: And, uh, yeah. We're very excited to be back. So, um, yeah. In uh, the previous uh, episode, we did the first three chapters. Um, just kind of a quick recap. Starts out uh, that uh, during a uh, routine investigation by the Narumi Detective Agency, Shohei and his apprentice Raidu respond to a call for help from a client. The uh, client is uh, Kaya Daidoji. Who requests that they kill her? But uh, then a bunch of uh, mysterious men break in and kidnap her. So uh, Raidu goes and investigates the Daidoji manor for clues. In the process, he uh, discovers that there's a dark realm and learns that there's a curse in the Daidoji family. Um, and the curse is that females in the family become possessed on their 16th birthday. Uh, which is why um, Kaya wanted to uh, be uh, murdered, basically. So uh, once he returns to the detective agency, Raidu uh, meets Tay. Uh, She's a reporter who's also seeking for leads about the mysterious red-caped monster. Uh, Let's see. We solved a uh, mystery about a murderous uh, rickshaw driver and uh, battled a demonic car. That guy just hated uh, cars. I'm yeah, gonna, yeah. I car so much. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, after that, uh, Raidu uh, decides to uh, head out for the Daidoji factory. When he gets there, he comes across six uh, Matryoshka dolls, and they tell him uh, that he needs to retrieve three colored shards from the Matrix Labyrinth. labyrinth. And then, uh, you know, go through this dungeon... You have a number of uh, mini-boss battles, and then the Dark Summoner Rasputin appears to uh, deliver some exposition. And uh, yes, it is that Rasputin. And the Dark Summoner is pretty much uh, the only one who can take down a True Devil Summoner. The thing is, once you return to the detective agency, you learn that Rasputin supposedly died 15 years prior. So uh, that's kind of the cliffhanger we were left on.
1: So let's see. So then we go right into Chapter 4, Episode 4, The Case of the Missing Shipments. So you start off at, of course, the uh, detective agency where the uh, owner of uh, Konoya uh, is talking about how a lot of his shipments and only his shipments have been going missing. Uh, and even when he hired, you know, sailors to try to protect his shipments because it was assumed that, uh, they were being stolen, they would just disappear along with the shipments. So, uh, Narumi ends up taking the case, um, and of course he assigns, uh, to it because demons might be involved and, you know, also because Rido's the protagonist so he has to do it. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, let's see. So basically, uh, you really need to get to the bottom of this anyway because for this entire chapter, because uh, his stock is so low, all items in that store are double price. So uh, good luck with those 2,000 uh, yen or whatnot ox bezors. <laughs> and and uh, it was like $2,000 like ice bullets and stuff. <laughs> so it's like, good luck. And the worst part is you can't even, like, stock up ahead of time because there are very hard item limits. So this ends up really hitting your wallet pretty badly. So it's um, It's kind of the
0: opposite of supply and demand.
1: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So now you can take the streetcar down to uh, Harumicho, uh, a.k.a. like the docks area. So, you walk around, talk to people, gather some information. Uh, Rido ends up running into the owner of the Yugu restaurant. This is where that rickshaw driver was. The one who hated cars so much that they turned into, like, a demon. Um, and it happens that her the owner's family owns the shipping company that supplies the items. So, her brother, Harada, uh, ran the business until he died in a shipwreck six months ago. Uh, and she con- and then she also confirms the uh, item shop owner's story as well about the disappearing shipments. Um, she also noted that police didn't, they don't really take the disappearance of these men seriously, but she doesn't really specify why. Um, luckily, there happens to be another you know, shipment arriving today, and, um, you know, hopefully everything should be fine, which we know it won't be, but at least we get to witness this <laughs> time what's going on. <laughs> so, uh, then, Raido, you head back uh, to check in with Narumi, who's been investigating uh, a mysteri- the mysterious Rasputin character that was previously uh, mentioned in uh, episode three. Um, funny enough, a little back history with Rasputin, he was a Russian mystic um, who and self-proclaimed holy man, and he had befriended um the the last monarch of Russia, and he gained a lot of influence in uh, late Imperial Russia. And a lot of his life, and even his death, is surrounded a lot of mystery and like hearsay. So funny enough, Atlas clearly takes advantage of that by kind of being able to use him, even though he was supposedly. Uh, had died decades earlier they were able to just kind of take him and be like oh well he actually survived his assassination attempts and here he is in japan somehow <laughs> yeah i mean it, it's already baked into the story about
2: like how hard he was to kill like they tried a million yeah. different ways to kill him and it just kept not working so it's pretty reasonable to go from that to well yeah that last time that you thought it worked no it didn't
1: work that time either Exactly. And, you know, and of course, like it plays on the fact that even officially in real life, his death isn't really confirmed. So they can really play around with it a lot. And it, it still works surprisingly well for the story. So it's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, I think he was a choice to throw in there if you're going to pick a historical figure. Be oh, Oh, definitely. Devil Summoner. Exactly. (laughs) So, um, there's no record of a foreigner named Rasputin in Japan, so he might be an illegal alien, and of course the expert on illegal aliens would be our friendly neighborhood Yakuza guy, who (laughs) never leaves the bathhouse. (laughs) And uh, just as in the past, the uh, Yakuza is a source of useful information, um... So you apparently find out that um, Harada, the dead shipping company guy, used to work very closely with a man named uh, Elfman, who was a foreigner who owned another trading company. Uh, After Harada's death, Elfman began screwing over Japanese businesses, and he might have even been smuggling illegal immigrants into Japan. So, back at the docks, the item shop owner is uh, personally watching the ship with his merchandise being unloaded when it vanishes, along with the men unloading it right before everyone dies. So, um, the, the talking cat, yes, yeah, so <laughs> that's the best <laughs> name for him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Suggest that it got sucked into the dark realm, which I think everyone could have guessed that right at the beginning of the chapter, but we only get to this conclusion now, you know, <laughs> but, um, so it's basically time at this point to investigate the dark docks. So, um, once you get there, Raido happens upon one of the sailors being attacked by demons, and you can kind of guess the gimmick of this area, which is basically you gotta find and rescue all three of the sailors. Um, and you can even have a demon use the Renmide ability, uh, on the sailors after saving them, and you get an item. And it's pretty standard, you know, saving. It was, like, little really simple puzzle things. Like, you have Ice Demon freeze water in a reservoir to get to one of them. Uh, That kind of thing. Is there a name for these things that, like... Because
2: puzzle is the word we have. But a puzzle, like, implies that you have to figure something out.
1: Yeah, and this is really, really simple. Like, I don't know what else to call it. Yeah, I, I just, I feel like, you know...
2: People talking about video games should have a word for it because it's all over the place. Like, oh, hey, look, it's that thing. I know I need to use the item I have, but I need to use the item. Like, but it's
1: not. I don't know. There should be a word (laughs) for it. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. (laughs) So, uh, let's see. So, after you save the last sailor, you find a Matryoshka doll lying on the ground. Um, When you touch it, it takes you to a boss fight with some uh, Triglevs, a sort of kind of chariot demon. Uh, High physical defense and hit hard. But if you just spam wind, you're fine. Nothing really crazy. Um, After you win, the demons claim responsibility for stealing the cargo, and they state it was on the orders of their uh, dark master. So then you go back to the um, real world, the normal world, and the uh, restaurant owner thanks you for saving her cargo. uh, And while Ryder was gone, the Yakuza guy uh, told her that Ryder was investigating Mr. Uh, Elfman. And she then explains that he was a really great guy, but then he got kind of weird after her brother died. And so he now lives in the Catholic Church, you know, like all priests do, I'm sure, you know, this is very common. And the church is surrounded on all sides by water, which is also very common, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And he got rid of the boat normally used to access the church. So, she gives you a ring that Elfman had given her as a good luck charm in the hopes that it would make it easier for you to gain access to him. So, uh, our talking cat, which I should be nice, his name is Goto. He um, suggests that you pay a visit to the giant drunken turtle monster that lives under the Daijoji mansion. The one that we uh, met before who we had to fight after giving him alcohol and then we had to give him more alcohol after the fight. Yeah. (laughs) So, So, of course, once again, he won't do it for free. So you have to negotiate. So this is basically giving him increasing amounts of money until you decide you've given him enough and then he'll get mad and you can either calm him down or scold him. Uh, Don't calm him because if you do He'll just ask for money again You have to uh, yell at him And then he'll give you a magic flute And um, becomes your new form Of world map transportation So uh, And he can be summoned at any blue dot On the map and can move freely Across bodies of water So it's pretty handy Uh, You can explore a bit and find some stuff on the map Um, You know As usual uh, so then once Raito arrives at the church, it's empty, but the adjacent uh, foreigner's graveyard has a ghost. Uh, Raito digs up the grave under the ghost and finds a skeleton, and then the ghost proceeds to explain that he is an uh, elfman, and he was murdered by a man who wanted to assume his identity. So Goto, the cat, wants some verification of the ghost's identity, which he receives when the ghost recognizes the ring the restaurant owner gave Raito. So this satisfies Goto and he and Rido set off to confront the fake elfmen in the church. So, um, inside this church now, Rido hears some noise coming from the confessional. And uh, Goto decides it would be completely appropriate to eavesdrop. Hey, why not? You know, I don't really care at this point. <laughs> but the uh, booth is empty and Rasputin is behind you. He says some super vague stuff about evil plans and then admits to the killing Elfman. And he also says that Kaya is in uh, Kasumida working on the Super Soldier Project. And <laughs> So, um, after you find this out, you get a cool boss fight with Rasputin. And he summons those, uh, Matryoshka doll things. And, you know, has some pretty strong attacks. Um, and after that boss fight, um, basically that wraps up the chapter four. Um, really nothing, uh, of note to mention. I mean, the portrayal of foreigners in this chapter, it's pretty standard
0: for Japanese media, so, um... I don't know. It's not a good look, but, you know, I think we can put it... You know, it is it is an artifact. It's time. I don't know. So, uh, yeah, we uh, then move on to Chapter 5, which is Confrontation. Sounds pretty, uh, eh, pretty grave here. So, uh, basically, it starts out with uh, Tay dropping by the detective agency... And, um, and basically in a massive coincidence, a guy from the military called the newspaper she works at and wants to leak information about the Super Soldiers project. And uh, he wants to meet in uh, Ka- Kasumadai, which is uh, the place where Rasputin said the Kaya was. So it's decided the Raidu should go with Tay because it might be dangerous. You think so? And then uh, as the scene ends, um, Narumi seems to remember something in his past about a super soldier product project. But you know, of course it couldn't be related. It was so long. So you go to uh Chasmidai, or Kazumidai, sorry. Uh which is uh kind of a military place. So yeah, um basically uh what you need to do is uh make a cannon go off uh using one of your demons Ignite skills. ...to trigger the changing of the guards so you can get past this jerk guard who won't let you go. Um, Turns out the guy's not in the area anyway, so you did that for dinner apparently. So, uh, Ryu decides to go back and talk to Tay, but she's missing and her camera is on the ground. So, um, basically, you kind of go through a lengthy series of events... In which uh, Raidu uh, consults with uh, the talking cat and Nurumi, And it ultimately leads to Raidu deciding uh, to get the film in her camera developed. Luckily, uh, the uh, item shop guy knows just how to do that. And the one photograph in the camera shows her with a soldier in the dark realm. So it's off to the dark realm of, uh, in the dark version of uh, Kazuma Dai. So once you get there, uh, you find Tay unconscious once again, along with a uh, soldier who has a mole on his face. Uh, and they're being attacked by demons. You fight the demons because that's what you do. And uh, the soldier introduces himself as uh, Sadakachi, and he was the informant. And he explains that he uh, became morally com- uh, uncomfortable with the army project and uh, decided to blow the whistle. He took uh, some incriminating papers from the uh, military offices, but then, conveniently, he lost them when he got sucked in the Dark Realm and chased by demons. So uh, now you have to uh, find all eight missing pages, and uh, you're going to get some help doing this from a uh, couple of uh, zombie soldiers who are incredibly self-aware. Basically... So you have to uh, kind of just go for about one one by one kind of uh, going through the dark realm and uh, finding these pages a lot of them are just you know finding the right place and using your inspect skill you know that's basically uh, how you do page one it's by the cannon page two it's in front of the army base you know uh, you Hit up your uh, zombie soldiers, uh, who uh, give you some tips and tell you to search the bushes. Let's see, anything else interesting? There's
2: one annoying one that requires you to have a demon with sneak ability to get into a small.
0: Yeah, there's one in the bushes, I think, but you can't get. But you're too big to get through there. Um, and so, so... you need like a
2: a small demon with the sneak ability and only pretty low level demons at least that i've seen have that
0: yeah and you can't get any demons with the sneak skill in the area so you had to have already had one before coming to uh the dark dark realm or you so... have to
2: go back and get one like i did
0: yeah yeah oh, exactly man. um so yeah you know you just kind of uh basically you find, you find eight things um, you find eight things i'm saying I mean, the, pattern thing with the is... dungeons. Uh, (laughs) The best thing is uh, probably the uh, last page, page 8, because zombies can't remember what happened to the page, and they want you to stimulate their brains for them. (laughs) Like, when you
2: first run into them, they say this thing about, like, we have to defend the Dark Realm capital. It's like, who do you think you are? Yeah. (laughs) But we're going to be helpful defending the Dark... Like, you know you're in the Dark Realm, but you still want to be helpful, and yeah... It's, it's fun. Yeah, I
0: think Yeah, it is. It's fun. It's weird. Uh, so, uh, use uh, Ignite or Cooldown to uh, help him remember. And uh, you find out that there's a group of uh, renegade zombies, a large group, uh, that's taken the page. So, you need to go defeat them. It's not that hard of a fight. And once you have all eight of the pages, um, basically, you are. Entering into a uh, pretty uh, pretty notable uh, mini boss battle with uh, Nibirus and um, yeah, you know, I I, I had some. Uh, he's basically immune to uh, your sword and physical attacks. Um, he's not incredibly hard. I found it to be a little difficult, but. Uh, you know, in the big scheme of things, he wasn't that. Taken.
2: Yeah, I expected it when I saw that he was immune to the sword. I expected it a lot harder. But he had.
0: Yeah. Ass. Yeah. And Nibiru's figure of Nibiru. A mythological figure. Oh, I don't... I mean, basically... I, I mostly know. <laughs> so,
2: yeah. Megami, that's where I see these guys the time. Yeah. The few <laughs> that I know from other mythologies.
0: <laughs> He's pretty interesting. I'm just looking at the... Uh, wiki right now yeah he he's the most valiant Marquis of hell has 19 legions of demons under his command he makes men cunning in all arts and sciences Um, and uh, basically he may actually be inspired by the Greek uh, figure Cerberus um, which is odd but anyway that's basically your quick Nibiris. Yep.
2: No, it's great. I'm sure that mythological stuff has many implications for the plot and will uh, enlighten us on what they're really trying to do.
0: Yeah. <laughs> 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 so, uh, yeah, your informant basically tells you to go look for Kaya, at the secret base where they're building a uh, superboat. Uh This is the second game in a row with a uh, superboat, Or I guess that was a barge previously. Um... You get there by going to an island that contains only a telephone and typing in a long numerical code into the phone, which opens up a secret door to the underground uh, base. Um, so you go to the island, game once you to actually enter the code. Um, basically, this is something that uh, I just turned to the fact for uh, because I wasn't taking notes diligently. Um, and now it is time to enter a dungeon, the subterranean shipbuilding facility. And, um, yeah, there's not a whole lot, it's a pre- actually a pretty straightforward simple. Yeah, dungeon. You, you
2: just follow the line pretty much, mm-hmm. you don't have to collect three or five of anything.
0: No, they, to- so the only really like what's up? Nah, trailing um, off pretty basically, only really interesting part of the dungeon. Uh, is that there's uh, one of those elemental walls uh, that keeps uh, regenerating when you defeat it. So uh, you have to go convince uh, the insane wall-builder demon to turn off the barrier. And uh, (laughs) convincing him is similar to the uh, drunk turtle monster in Chapter 3, except he wants uh, magnetite and other stuff instead of just money. So basically, uh, once you get to the end of the dungeon, Raidu finds Kai all tied up. Uh, general uh, Munakata shows up. He looks a lot like General Tojo. Well, you know. It's mostly he, he the glasses. The gla- yeah, mostly glasses.
2: But those glasses. And, uh, uh, how many yeah, Japanese- and he's a Japanese general.
0: It's, <laughs> it may be a tell. He's know.
2: the most famous one in the yeah. modern period. <laughs> and they have the same glasses. <laughs> I'm standing by that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so he uh, kind of explains his plan. He says, uh, that, uh, basically the country is being run only in the service of the rich and he wants to use his corpse army to start, stop that. Uh, he asks you to join him, but you can't really. And so I was pissed about, basically, about that. I was yeah. like, yeah,
2: no, I want a yeah, corpse army, you know, uh, for social justice. Yes. Let's do that. Come on. I yeah. know. And, and I he's was... like, he's like, no, ha ha. Like, no, you made a good case, man
1: exactly yeah. <laughs> and i just like in general when games kind of do like a dumb easter egg like that when you can actually pick yes and then they give you an alternate sort of bad ending for it like that would be really cool yeah that would have been better or just no choice that yeah fine too. That, that's <laughs> always the best thing if you're not gonna bother yeah
0: but yeah. thou must <laughs> But uh, yeah, this is uh, basically, uh, you're not going to do that, so it's time for a boss fight. And so, uh, yeah, you're going up against uh, Naga, Sunahiko and uh, Abihiko. And uh, basically, you've got your fire boss and your ice boss that you're fighting at the same time. And uh, they do this really annoying move where they kind of turn into an invulnerable, unstoppable flying saucer that just keeps on hitting you for a ton of damage, and it just takes forever for them to go back to a state where you can hit them. Um, So, yeah, you know, I mean, it helps to basically just have, like, every, like, a a demon, like, as diversified a group of demons with elements as possible.
1: Yeah, exactly. Just switch out between them as needed.
0: Mm -hmm. So once you do that, uh, you rescue Kaya. And uh, back at the office, she explains exactly what the deal was with her curse. Uh, Which we already knew. Girls in her family get possessed by demons when they turn 16. So the family kills them before that happens. Her dad locked her up in a dungeon, but her uncle wanted to exorcise the demon and save her life. He helped her escape, but when she got out, uh, Gen- General Munakata was waiting for her. And then, for some reason, she decides to join the uh, detective agency as secretary.
2: Yeah. Um, like, uh, I was glad to finally get the exactly what happened to her story, because a lot of... because. You know, the game explains a lot of things in great detail, but with that it's like, well, I know she was in that thing under the house, but who put her there and when did she leave? It was nice to, to, to get that uh, yeah, explained. Yeah, that,
1: that kind of closure, exactly.
2: Yeah, and I think the implication there is that um, her uncle did want to help her, because as we learned last time, he is a good guy. Um, but he owed money to people that I assume are somehow associated with the general and the corpse army. And he you know, tried to use their help, went badly. That's what I assume.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, right. And so that was chapter, uh, that was chapter five? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, so then this is chapter six, the magic statue, or the five uh, Fudo. I'll explain that in a minute. That's a real thing. But uh, anyway, so the the chapter starts when Raidu gets a call from the item shop guy, who is a much more important character in this game than I would have expected. He is really heavily involved with everything that happened.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and
2: he doesn't have a name. Nope. Just, I, I guess I... business owners in this game just don't have names. Yeah, weird. But um, he's like, hey, uh, Narumi has a package. Come pick it up right now. No, right now. You don't wait. I don't want to hold on to this thing. Um, so you go and get a package from him, and you're literally just going and getting a package. Uh, it's uh, a box of ammo and gives you and then on your way back uh get this little kind of cutscene of um kaya uh for some scissors a little kind of thing um but then when you go back in it's like oh there's a bunch of hair on the floor she gave herself a haircut isn't that cute <laughs> um and then she kind of pops out with her haircut there's a really creepy smile on her face for a second but then it, and uh you two have like a little cute dialogue well at least as cute dialogue as you can have in a game with a silent protagonist who appears to have no feeling. <laughs> um, I, I really wish the game didn't.
1: Yeah, I know, because it already has a lot more life to it with like this kind of bustling, you know, area. So it would have been kind of nice if he had a little more personality to go with it.
2: Yeah, because there is so much time spent interacting with characters and stuff, and you can't have a detective who never says anything. What, what yeah. the heck is that?
3: I know. <laughs> how do you do
2: your job <laughs> um but yeah anyway so um this chapter is interesting in that uh there's no combat in it outside of some random like the random battles you get walking throughout the uh, regular city and they're all below your level pretty much uh so it's just uh just talking you, which is a fun change and, mm-hmm. yeah so um she, she's like hey Uh, So the general said that there was this magic crystal ball that could kill everyone. Let's go find that. (laughs) So you two go off to find it. And it's one of those um, kind of quest things. I think we've seen a couple of these where it's similar to the uh, the thing with the guy who turned into the car, where you're just going to someone who tells you a piece of information and sending you to someone else, sends you to someone else, sends you to someone else. Uh, So you start with the item shop guy who's like, hmm, no, I don't know anything. But you know who might know something about that? Uh, the crazy Frankenstein man who lives in my basement for some reason. <laughs> um, it's an, I had a thought, like, is Victor just supposed to be Victor Frankenstein? Cause Rasputin's in this.
1: Yeah, I think so. It's pretty, yeah. yeah they yeah. just don't use Frankenstein, but yeah, he's, yeah. that's basically him.
2: Okay. I always, I guess I was like, Igor isn't actually Igor from Frankenstein movie.
1: Yeah, but like, I <laughs> but, guess yeah. He's,
2: yeah, exactly. But yeah, I think this is just supposed to be Dr. Frankenstein, uh, which is fun. And so he's like, ah, yes, let me tell you about these five magic statues, except I'm not going to explain what the hell I'm talking about. (laughs) And um, so this is a real thing. Uh, There are. uh, wrote. so uh, I think the reason the game does not explain this very well is because this is the kind of thing that anyone in Japan would know. Basically, there's this legend that uh, when Iyasu uh, Tokugawa uh, moved the capital from Kyoto to Edo, uh, which is Tokyo, uh, that he consecrated the new capital uh, with five statues of the uh, esoteric Buddhist god Fudo, um, just kind of this angry-looking Buddhist deity fellow um, associated with steadfastness, perseverance. Basically, cities not being destroyed, I think, is the idea behind that. And yeah. he's just in Japanese temples all over the place. Uh, and then there are five statues, and each of them has different colored eyes that correspond to different things. And there's this whole like five-color... It's like numerology, but with color. thing oh. associated with that. Uh, I didn't go too deep into that, because... Compl- not, not even complicated. There's just a lot of stuff. <laughs> of like, the <laughs> relations between balancing forces and things like that. Um, but the thing with that is that None of that is true, uh, and it's basically just a tourist trap. (laughs) Uh, Coincidentally, all five statues are on a major subway line. Ah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) And they form, like, it's, um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty obviously totally made up. But a fun little fact that I could not verify, and I was really trying to, was that even this idea that these statues exist, uh, and that, you know, they were put there for kind of symbolic protective purposes dates back to a Meiji era mystery novel, which has a fun tie back into the whole detective thing. Um, oh. but, but like, uh, just scholarly resources on the internet for Japanese literature are not great. So I just find what that novel was, which mm. bothers me. <laughs> because I want to know. Uh, but anyway, so that's the story of the, uh, the five Fudo statue. Yeah. And if you go to Tokyo, um, you, the, you could visit them if you want. That's, uh, but that's anyway, cool. so there's... Yeah, that is pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, and the game just did not explain any of that. I was really surprised when I thought, I'd, oh, no, these are real. Or even that Fudo is a deity.
1: Ah, uh, yeah. Wait. It just says, all right.
2: good to know all that. Uh, anyway, so uh, Victor then explains that there's a secret six statue that's not associated with any color. That's why I thought it might be real, because why would you even say that? Why would you make up their eyes being... <sighs> if you're not even dealing with the ones that have color? <laughs> um so there's a secret uh stick statue and he says you know who might know about this the crazy professor <laughs> so you go off and talk <laughs> to the crazy professor uh in this little area just off to the side uh i where earlier you may have met a talking dog who asked you uh, about your dream uh actually the dog didn't talk he had to read his mind but things. So. <laughs> um and he's a crazy professor who's like oh, i want to talk about rockets in space uh oh yeah uh but also yeah they happened to find this ancient statue uh at the construction under the overpass where that car demon was remember it's over there um and then just a little note about the localization here that bugged me a lot is that in his slangy phrase he uses the phrase uh honest Ainu, uh which is a riff on uh honest engine uh the phrase that everyone still says because it's so appropriate I know. Uh, Because the Ainu are the uh, Mm, indigenous Japanese uh, people who also have a history of oppression. Yep. Uh, They
1: live in Hokkaido, I believe, right? Northern Hokkaido. They're
2: they're spread out, but yeah, yeah, I think there are population centers there, but yeah. So, like, uh, you can just tell the translator thought they were being so damn cute.
1: I know. They're just like, yes, you totally got this.
2: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) 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 But anyway, uh, so you go off to the underpass. Are the You go under the overpass. That's how you say that. Um, and there is this ancient statue just under some sand. Um, think they would move the ancient statue they found or guard it or not just leave it <laughs> uh, by the side of the road. Mm-hmm. Um, but then something strange happened. And Kaya says some weird stuff. And you're like, oh, she's possessed by the demon. Yeah, that. Should have been more obvious, shouldn't it? Um, and then uh, she asked you if you believe in free will. I said, no, I didn't. And she's like, haha, good. Then I'm gonna blow up the city.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that totally she... flows, you know. It's <laughs> just... <laughs>
2: uh, yeah. And uh, then she disappeared. And chapter... So it was a nice little short chapter. You tried to get some character moments between Raidu and Uh, uh I think it's probably one of those she's Fighting for control of body, kind of things, similar to you got with uh, what's her name in the last. Oh yeah, and soul hackers. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, that was handled well in that.
1: It was. I actually did too. Yeah. Um. But yeah.
2: So the, um, I think that's where we're gonna leave it. At. Okay. Uh. Next time yeah. we will uh, solve the mysteries of the of the soulless army.
0: Yes. We'll solve and, the uh... mystery
2: of the soulless army.
0: And the Cursed Detective.
2: Oh, yes, the Cursed Detective. That's the, oh, next, yes, the, detective. That's the next chapter. Yes. Who's the Cursed Detective? You'll have to tune in to find out. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think that uh, finishes us out here. Any, anything anyone wants to add?
2: Um, just uh, what are you guys thinking of uh, the game just like uh, as a play?
1: Well, in terms of the gameplay, it's... Um, let me see. Well, it's even though I think we touched on it last time, but it's not like the most amazing action game but it's still surprisingly like strategic like you know the fact that you really do have to pay attention to of course the strengths and weaknesses of your demons that you're fighting you know so you can capture them and so you can freeze them and also with your own demons so they won't get like you know frozen themselves constantly And, like, you really have to pay attention to, um, your opponents when they're attacking and, like, dodge and whatnot, um, because otherwise, it's, it's, you know, you're gonna die really quickly. And that's probably, like, the most annoying and worst, um, game over I've, I've experienced, because not only is it long and unskippable, but you're basically getting roasted, (laughs) By the previous Rhydos <laughs> And I just oh, wasn't happy. I I experienced it once and I'm like, I'm never I'm never dying in this game again. <laughs> yeah, I haven't died yet, I didn't know it was that bad. Oh that's good. Uh, yeah, it was it was my fault. I was being stupid and I really didn't pay attention and then I I, I learned a lesson. I was like, Oh yeah, I gotta actually pay attention to his health. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. I'm finding
2: this game a lot easier than I usually find SM yeah Um, it is overall yeah Yeah. uh which is fine and the dungeons are nice and short so far yeah i'm enjoying that uh and even with like the pretty frequent random encounters it's like if if they made these dungeons and like things these dungeons as long as they usually are in an smt game or the battles as hard as they usually are i could see this
1: oh yeah definitely yeah
2: but they're, they they seem to be hitting the difficulty just about right. Like, uh, on some of the bosses, I felt challenged, but never completely out of control. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think it's pretty it's pretty reasonable. Um, I mean, there's times where um, the battles kind of, like, fall between, you know, kind of a middle ground of, like, sort of strategic, but also a little finicky.
3: Mm-hmm. And
0: yeah. as you... Continue to play. You kind of you kind of get a better feel for that. Um, but sometimes, like when I do kind of mess up, it's just because it's like you're kind of managing some like kind of imperfect action, yeah, uh, mechanics with the strategy of your demons and whatnot,
3: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, and dealing with the enemy and just kind of like navigating all those things are like kind of like sometimes like you know in the harder harder battles that can that can be uh kind of a pain but ultimately you know i think that it's kind of a uh artifact of its time in that sense but it's also still like really playable and not that bad and you know the general like easy or easierness that's a word of the battles makes it I don't know it it kind of mitigates some of the more kind of like finicky yeah parts
2: I think a big thing that makes the game that like makes up for a lot of the game's kind of mechanical clumsiness is um that is how kind of liberal they are with uh, letting you use items pretty much whenever yeah and mm-hmm. and like time basically pauses with a knock based
1: <laughs> yeah which I did appreciate. <laughs>
2: Yeah, so you can, like, even if, like, something happens that you're like, that was the game's fault. You have enough time to just kind of hit R1, jug a potion, and then move on with it.
1: Exactly. Two, two things I wish the game did have. Um, I wish it had a proper, like, targeting system where you could just, like, lock on to an enemy. Because I just, I find it really annoying... When I, like, just miss attacks randomly because I'm trying to judge based on what I'm seeing, like, on the screen. And, you know, of course, like, hitboxes are kind of screwy, so it's like, I'm thinking I'm going to hit them and I don't. And I don't, I really, I I like efficiency. Um, And the other thing is, I really wish they had a dodge or roll feature in this game. I mean, the block is handy. But I just, I don't want to block a lot, especially because you can't block while, you know, moving. Like, I'd rather just have a roll feature so I can quickly roll out of the way of attacks Instead of kind of having to run awkwardly and, like, constantly.
0: Yeah, yeah, a roll would be amazing. It would be. Um, I mean, I kind of feel that way. Just about any kind of, like, action game yeah. at this point. Yeah, you always Yeah, so. Get the sky frame. And the, the other thing that uh, you know, just kind of can be frustrating about it is uh just the weird kind of like navigating these pseudo three D spaces and that are kind of like these weird it's they're they're kinda of like weird dioramas in a way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're running through the city and it's like, oh, okay, it's a place I can go into? I think we talked about this in the last episode. Yeah. You um, know, I,
2: actually, since, uh, since the last episode, I've, uh, I've uh, really taken to using the map a lot more. And mm-hmm. once you figure out the weird like, because the map is not done in an intuitive way, but I, uh, I actually found it very helpful.
1: Yeah, once um, you start getting it.
2: Once you start getting it because it's not a normal map. But the fact that you can just pull it up really quick and then back out of it makes up um, for a lot of the kind of weird angleness you get from the, uh, the fixed camera, at least in my experience.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think I may have like a resistance to it in a way because I kind of um, skipped both, both the PS1 and PS2 eras, so now ah. coming to it. <laughs> Where, where a lot, a lot of uh, the games on the PS1 and PS2 had these kind of like pseudo 3D kind of areas to navigate. You know, just it's kind of moving. Yeah. Kind of too. Yeah,
2: definitely. I mean, at least I'm, I'm glad that they went with a fixed camera in this game because if they had tried to do a movable camera.
1: Oh, that would have been awful. Like,
0: yeah.
2: I mean, they wouldn't have done it well. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Totally.
0: <laughs> totally. Awesome cool, well, uh yeah, anybody got any but anything they want to mention or plug before you head up?
1: Um, well, okay, not plug, but I was thinking about um a little earlier we were talking about uh Victor, and we were kind of wondering like why is he hanging out like in the basement of the uh, item shop owner's place and Hilariously enough, I just looked at the instruction manual that my game came in because I'm actually playing this game on the um, on the PS2 on an SD TV. So, <laughs> so,
0: um, which is amazing. That's so awesome.
1: It really, It's really cool. It's a lot of fun. And um, so I pulled out the instruction manual for it and it actually kind of gives him a backstory like slightly. Uh, I guess I'll just read it out. It's pretty short. It just says, um, a mad genius with um, uh, Jones to learn the secret of life. After wandering the earth, he settled in Japan to continue his work uninterrupted. It was there that he stumbled upon the dark art of devil fusion. His research into demons and the secret of life supports the devil summoners of the capital. An arrangement with the owner of Konoya lets him carry out his work on the sly in a basement laboratory beneath the joint. So far, his new landlord has no idea what goes on underground, and Victor is confident that things will stay that way. That's fun. Yeah, this this manual is really Man awesome. <laughs> that made me very happy. Like actually seeing uh, an actual manual, like from the old days, and has all these cool details. It's in full color. It's just it made me very happy.
0: Yeah. Oh, that sounds
1: Right. <laughs> I should take like pictures of it and just like have it uploaded so like everyone can kind of see some of the cooler stuff in it.
0: Yeah, yeah, that would be it. That would be very cool. Yeah. Because
1: there's even like this cool kind of Capital Daily sort of article. Like, it actually does sort of a interview with the main character, sort of, and, like, it has a little gossip column on, like, the side that kind of talks about, like, the weird going-ons of the game. It's very, it's really awesome.
2: Yeah, it sounds like a great manual.
0: It is. <laughs> awesome. Anything from you, Alex? Nope. Cool, well, this has been Megaton Marathon. So, yeah, if you enjoy the show, please spread the word. Uh, rate and review us on iTunes. That would be great. What else can people do? Oh, they can uh, follow us on Twitter or, uh, I don't know, follow us on Facebook. Is that what you call it? <laughs> and uh,
2: you can uh, li- I like on Facebook.
0: Yeah, like us on Facebook. Do we have a
2: Facebook page?
0: We have a Facebook page.
1: <laughs> so be like
0: us, yeah.
2: Here. I haven't been
0: on. <laughs> yeah. And if you have feet, we'd love to get mail. We don't get a ton of it, but we'd love to get it. So uh, you can uh, send it to us at a uh, mega marathon at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Thanks for listening. Cool. Well, we are signing off here.